Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Web3 Business Podcast, helping you navigate the future of business. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Web3 Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I'm going to be joined by Andy Cranach. And we're going to explore NFTs and story and really everything that went into the V Friends collection by Gary Vaynerchuk. If you are curious about all the great things that are going on with that collection and how story kind of weaves through the entire thing, I think you're going to find today's interview very interesting. By the way, I'm at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter and at Web3 Examiner on Warpcast. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Andy Cranach. Helping you to simplify your Web3 journey, here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Andy Cranach. If you don't know who Andy is, he is the president of VFriends, a media company designed to promote positivity, accountability, and kindness. VFriends is an NFT collection launched by Gary Vaynerchuk. Andy also oversees the VCon conference, which I just got back from. Andy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing very well, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on and thank you for attending VCon 2023. It was, it was so nice to see you and have you there. It was an awesome event. Today, Andy and I are going to explore the importance of story and insights from the V Friends project. So before we go there, Andy, I want to hear your story. How did you get into NFTs? Start wherever you want to start. Yeah, I have had the privilege and honor to work alongside Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, as most people know him. For over a decade now, I interned for his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. I did my best take at trying to do some Twitter marketing and social media marketing for that book. Facebook ads came out. I got hired full time at VaynerMedia and I just proceeded to try and learn as much as I possibly could about Web2 and digital advertising and paired myself with his videographer, DRock, and the rest of the, the Gary V content engine. And, and I graduated into leading and managing that team as his brand director flash forward nine years i got a text one day uh, from gary telling me that i should learn as much as i possibly can about web3 and nfts i was intrigued and then shortly thereafter he decided that he wanted to launch his own web3 nft project known as vfronts you know i remember back then gary was super active on clubhouse and was in all these rooms talking about NFTs and talking about, well, we didn't even call it Web3 back then, right? He was just definitely talking talking about NFTs. So that would have been late 2020 when he was really active, I think in early into 2021 on Clubhouse. 
I would love to hear like a little bit of the story, like, all right, like he must've called you into the conference rumors office and said, I got this crazy idea. Like, tell us a little bit about, about how that went down because, you know, it's one thing to get a text from him that says you need to study this stuff, but like, can you share a little bit more about maybe what the idea was in the beginning? Yeah. So, I mean, as I mentioned, I've worked with Gary for a long time and I've started to become really, really interested and I could feel something was happening in the universe with NFTs and with Gary due to the amount of time he was allocating to the space. You know, his calendar was booked with individuals who had been in NFTs and crypto and blockchain technology for a long time. And he was just trying to learn. He was trying to get educated. And because singularly, just because of the amount of time that he was focusing on it, I knew it really, really, really had his attention. And because of that, I was expecting something was going to come. And so I was at the same time, I was interested in that because I'm, I'm learning and watching from Gary and I'm like, okay, this is probably a good opportunity for me to just try and pay attention. It seems like there's a, a big change happening. Simultaneously, I was also going through a career change where I had, I had a conversation with Gary where I wanted a new opportunity and role for myself. And he said, we would continue that conversation. He was going to support me on what I decided to do. So when he texted me, like, get ready to learn NFTs, I, I think it's our future together. I tried to take a step back and think like, okay, what does that mean? But I, I was excited by the opportunity. And then he decided that because of what he had learned about NFTs and, you know, royalties of NFTs and this, this digital ownership of a token and the fact that you could create different utilities by owning this digital token, which could be bought, sold, and trade, really, really intrigued him. And he thought it would be a great opportunity to create his own IP. You know, he had spent the last 15, 20 years of his life being a spokesperson for patience and kindness and empathy. And he, he wanted to try and scale that message through his own characters. So he decided to create VFriends and we proceeded to brainstorm, you know, just what the value of owning a VFriend could be. Now, prior to this, had you even owned an NFT? Had you had any exposure to crypto or Ethereum or any of the other NFT projects at this point? Or was this like a crash course for you? Crash course. <laughs> and <laughs> how hard was it for you to wrap your mind around this? Because like a lot of people struggle wrapping their mind around what this makes possible. You know, I'd spent a lot of COVID 2019 and 2020 getting back into sports cards, spending a lot of time looking at eBay and like, what's the price of a Kobe Ryan rookie card versus LeBron James rookie card. I'm a big NBA basketball fan. Um, so, you know, the collector's mindset and mentality wasn't that abstract to me. And I think a lot of people just get caught up on that. Like, why would I want to own this image on the internet? It doesn't make sense to me. I, ne I never really struggled with that. The thing that I really try to spend a lot of time on was really just trying to understand the underlying tech of like, what is Ethereum? What is gas? What is the MetaMask? How does a blockchain work? What are the differences between Ethereum and Polygon and all these other different blockchains? And it was a crash course and there's no better crash course than just execution and pressing the buttons. So we're going to get into a lot more of what's going on with the V friends and all of what you guys have been doing, but there are some people listening right now who are, in the learning phase, like you were, you know, over a year ago, slightly a year and a half ago, maybe when, when uh, VFriends launched, what do you want to say to anybody who's a creator or an entrepreneur or a marketer who is thinking about NFTs and web three, but maybe is a little skeptical? This is a Gary saying, but I would say like, I don't ever want to sell anyone on anything. Like if you, if you're skeptical and you don't believe in it, I would say to each their own, that's great. 
with that said, I would say there's clearly a change happening. You know, this idea of digital ownership has really taken a stronghold. And I think the idea of owning something digitally is going to become extremely common over the course of the next few years. You know, I don't, I don't think NFT is a word that's going to stay along around for that much longer. Digital collectible, I'm not sure what it's going to be called, but people will be owning, buying, trading digital goods for a long time, for a long while. And I, I think the biggest thing for any business operator or creator to be thinking about is to not write a trend of how other people are doing it, but to take a step back and think about what you're most interested in it and what your business objectives are and how that may or may not be applicable to the ethos of NFTs and Web3. So VFriends launched in the summer of 2021. Is that right? Do you know approximately when it launched? May 21. May 2021. And prior to this, there was the Board API Club or did the Board API Club come after? Do you kind of have a sense of that? It minted just a couple of weeks before VFriends. A couple, just a couple of weeks before VFriends. So let's go back to like the launch process. Gary's got a big audience. Most of them have no clue what the heck an NFT is or Web3 at all, right? So what did y'all do to kind of get the word out there and help educate this audience? Because it was very clear you guys were very careful and intentional about helping onboard people into this kind of new way of ownership. We... <laughs> I, I took all the learnings and lessons that I I had executed on for nine years with the Gary B content model of putting content out on every platform where people are, are operating and or rather paying attention to spend their time and try to use those channels to educate and inform people about everything related to NFTs and safety and security and an explanation in as simple of terms as possible as to why someone might want to buy and own an NFT. And it was really important to Gary and myself and everyone associated with the project to make sure people were educated. You know, the worst thing that you could do is have someone start uh, partaking in NFTs and buying and selling NFTs before they really understood the basic fundamentals of, of what was working and how to make sure like you don't give away your seed phrase to your MetaMask wallet or whatever the case is. So many people that I've had on the show, a V friend was one of their first NFTs, partly because there's a lot of people that follow Gary that are also in the marketing space, which is the space that I come from. And so many of them have like, really like this was the first one and full disclosure, I am a holder of V friend series one and two, but I did not mint. I had a chance to mint. I didn't even understand what's a half of an ETH. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm sure so many people like kick themselves, like, what is this? And what are these drawings that don't look really super sophisticated if we're intellectually honest compared to series two, right? Like where you guys brought in the real professional artists and stuff. But why don't you tell everybody what was the promise? What did you get, you know, and what was the average price? Just, I feel like most of it was a half of an Ethereum. Does that sound about right? Yeah, you, kudos to you for uh, remembering that. So it was actually, it was kind of complicated. We launched series one as a reverse Dutch auction, meaning when we launched the site and anyone could buy a vFriends NFT, you would be able to see all 10,255 vFriends. There's 283 different characters. That was novel, by the way, the fact that you had all of them up there, right? A lot of times you don't know what you're getting, right? Kudos to Eric Zetterson, our CTO. Gary had, had the vision to do it. It was really complicated, honestly, to be able to execute it. But I've never seen any project be able to handpick and select which token you want. Generally, you just press mint and whatever you get, you get. 
Right. But it was a bridge sex auction. And what that means is every second, the price of the NFT was going down a little bit. It was lowering. So I, I think maybe we started the core V friends, maybe at one ETH. And then every second it lowered in price, but the floor price for VFriends core NFT was 0.5 Ethereum. And you had some NFTs that were really expensive, like the gift goat and some of the others that came with special features. But what was the main, what was the main utility? That's maybe not the right word, but what was the main thing people were buying outside of the art themselves? What was the promise that if you owned one of these and you held it, you would get access to certain things. What was the thing that everybody got access to? We priced that 0.5 ETH, which around the time was $2,000, which based on the success and notoriety and, and what I think people came away with from VCon 1 and VCon 2 was underpriced. I think we, we created a lot of value for the experience for VCon, but it, it was admission to an annual super conference known as VCon. We just did VCon 2023. We had VCon 2022 in Minnesota. Gary, for a long time, as you as people probably know, he's been going to a lot of conferences, giving lots of speeches, and he's never actually hosted and produced his own conference. So it was a combination of his own ambition and passion to try and throw his own event because he thought he could do something really unique based on his own learnings and lessons and his business network to throw his own conference. Meanwhile, he was seeing what was happening with NFTs and the, the type of access or utility or additional add-on value you could create when uh, you have an audience that owns your NFT. So we thought about pricing the, the VFriends NFTs and the value and marketing of the VFriends NFTs as access to this annual conference, VCon, three years access to that conference. And there were 10,000 in the initial, is that right? 10,255. And is that because 255 went into the Gary Vaynerchuk library or something like that or what was the extras <laughs> it's a combination of i think gary didn't want to just call it 10k yeah everyone was doing like 10k at the time and we had mapped so outside of vcon mike had spoke on it earlier there's some additional access tokens there's a token that allows you to be on gary's podcast or rather him to be on your podcast it's called podcast panther there's a, there's a token that lets you go bowling with him, play ping pong with him, play tennis with him. He sort of reverse engineered things that he doesn't mind spending his time with, and he really likes interacting with people. So he, he wanted to have those tokens in the mix. We created those. I think there's 33 of them. And then in addition, we sort of just ran the math on what we thought would be the best token supply, and we, we netted out 10,255. How long did it take you all to, to sell out of that collection? Was it like two weeks or something like that? No, almost four. Four weeks. Okay. Wow. That's why a lot of people, a lot of people were, were hitting themselves in the head when, you know, five months later, the floor price and whatever was like up so high, and they were like, man, it was just sitting there at point five. Yeah. So I mean, that's great. I mean, it just goes to show you, no matter how big your audience is, it might take a little while to sell something like this, right? Because obviously, the battle you guys were up against was educating your audience on why something like this would be important because you were one of the earlier projects, right? A hundred percent. And there's still that battle again, like VCon's attendance could have been double, you know, and I think there's lessons learned in terms of marketing and awareness and, and things of that nature. But even if we nailed all of that, 10 out of 10, 
we still have the obstacle of, okay, now you got to get a MetaMask and you got to go buy the NFT ticket. Right. Every ticket to VCon is an NFT. Right. So we have to go, it's a continual onboarding process. And, and I think we've done a good job and, and it, it prides me, honestly, I've, I've heard it too, whether it's Carly Riley or some other really notable people that I respect a lot in this space. All of them generally say their first NFT was a friend, Right. But we need to continue that efforts. And I think there's a lot of work underway from companies like Coinbase and others that are thinking about better UX, UI interfaces so we can onboard more people into the space, as they say. So, okay, let's transition into the concept of story here. For those that are not familiar, because there might be a decent amount of my audience who knows Gary but doesn't understand the VFriends characters and collection, story is a key part of what you're trying to build here and what you built here. Let's start from the beginning, kind of like, how did story have an impact into the selection of all these different characters? And just kind of like, let's just start with the importance of why you chose to have some sort of a story. And what is the overarching story of all these characters? There's a lot of animals in there. I mean, we can describe that. I don't know how many there are, but but somehow there's a story here. So how does it all connect together? Yeah, there's so many. I mean, so much I could try to break down in that. You know, I'd say one, the, the most important thing to all of it was that it would be authentic to Gary. This is like Gary's life mission now. You know, his legacy is tied to be friends and the stories that we will create with him. So it was really important. Like if I suggested a character name, it wasn't going to get chosen. I would try to lead him to the well of, you know, ooh, that I know you love patience. Here's a bunch of P words, you know, like we had a, we have, as, as is my partnership with him for a long time, I just try to give him, get him to third and a half base on what I think will be like the best decision. But he ultimately was deciding every character name and he also drew every character. How many are there? There are 283 characters. Some have similar traits. I think there's humble hedgehog and humble. Hummingbird, there's a gracious goose and a gracious grizzly bear. Uh, so there are multiple attributes, but there's 283 characters. Yeah, I have a, for the record, I have a shrewd sheep on V1, and then I have a optimistic otter on V2. So, and do these characters, these animals or whatever, do they, do they interact somehow with each other? I mean, is it like, is there, is there a story beyond the creation of the names? You know what I mean? Like, is there something bigger connecting all these things? You know, Gary, said a lot in the in their the creation of v friends and sort of the marketing and in the discord and even on twitter he talks about v friends being a 55 year project and what he really means is like he's going to be building and creating and working on v friends for the rest of his life we have so much to do from a storytelling aspect of where do the v friends come from why do they exist but generally they exist to promote happiness and kindness and accountability and try to create a movement of, of positivity within the world. And whether it's optimistic otter or common sense cow, there's a lot of different characters and attributes and traits, which allow us all the tools and ammo we need to be able to really drive a narrative forward to potentially help people in the world and you need uh, some positivity or uplifting. Well, in some of the characters, he's taking characters like a black cat, right? Which typically has a negative connotation. And I don't know what the cat's called, but I heard him talk about this, you know, at VCon about how he's going to rebrand the black cat as not a negative character, but a positive character. Right. So I'm just curious, like you've got these hundreds of almost all of them are animals, right? If I'm not mistaken. 
yeah, there, there are a couple of humans. There's a dinosaur. There's an angel. There's a zombie. Okay. There's a there's a character. <laughs> I actually posted a, a clip on social media on my Twitter a couple of days ago, which was a hilarious moment of econ. There's a character called Who Was Born in 1997. Okay. And he has like a little afro and glasses. Yeah, totally weird. Like it's a weird random character. And everyone always wants to know, like, Gary, why did you draw it? Anyways, I was walking around VCon and I, I saw some kid and he said hello to me and I asked him if he owned a V friend. He's like, no. And I'm like, this is your first VCon? He's like, yes. He's like, but Andy, if I did buy a, a V friend, I would buy who was born in 1997. And I asked why. And he's like, because I was born in 1997. And then moments later, someone randomly walked up. He's like, I was also born in 19. 19- I have that one. That's my V friend. <laughs> and it was, it was such a funny moment, but like, I th- and I honestly think that's why he drew it was like just to have, I mean, with so many characters that he was just having some fun. And I think it was an ode to people that was born in 1997 that they could like participate in the community and still have a character that like resonate with them because it's the birth year. So we've got the foundation of all these different animals that have uplifting names, generally speaking. Right. And, and then we've got this name of the collection, the uh, project V friends. What was the thinking behind the, the word friends being part of all this? It's a really good question. I was actually just telling the story of, of when we picked the name. Gary was brainstorming. There was, a, there was a name Char Chars. I don't know if that's how Gary would have pronounced it, but it was like a, a play on the word of characters, characters. He was brainstorming names. He said the word V friends and it just resonated with me. I'm like, that's it. It, it leveraged a little bit of his, you know, his name and his likeness for Gary B. But it, but it expanded that in a larger and bigger way, which I feel like could, could grow more awareness to the characters in IP, which was going to be the mission overall. And there also seems to be this communal element of what you're trying to build with VCon, right? Which is we're all friends, right? Like he yeah. said from the keynote stage in the beginning, I brought my family up on the stage. And for those that don't know, Gary generally likes to not do solo presentations. He likes to be interviewed or he likes to have, be on panels, right? So it was him and his dad and his brother. Right. And they're all sitting there on the stage and Gary's interviewing his brother and his dad. And at the end, it was Gary just basically riffing for a little bit and then responding to videos that were pre-submitted by and obviously reviewed by you guys. And he said that I wanted to start with my family. I wanted to end with my friends. And I got a sense that what Gary's trying to do here is connect people together. That seems to be part of at least the VCon portion of the V friend brand. You want to speak to that at all? I mean, I think you nailed it. You know, I would say on the on the character like part and the V friends part, I hope and aspire to Optimistic Otter being a character friend for a young boy one day who like has a reminder that to always look at life with a glass half full perspective. You know, that there's always an opportunity and like Optimistic Otter, Ambitious Angel can be friends to us as we navigate our daily lives. And I think for the V friends community, we are friends, you know, the quote was well received and I've been seeing it shared a lot on on Twitter, you know, first become acquaintances, then you become friends then you become family. And it's so, so impactful and cool for me and honestly powerful to see what Gary and myself and the rest of, of our company has been able to do and create with our community. They have strong, strong bonds and ties. And they've spent nights being in the Discord, chatting with each other. And I think to build connect meaningful for a company to help build meaningful connections for others, 
I think is long lasting of an impact a company can make on, the, on their consumers or customers. One of the things that I experienced at the conference at VCon was a lot of merch available for sale that had like the word authentic on it with like a little sneak, you know, which I ended up getting that. I thought that was really cool. And it was obvious that what you guys were building, because so much of what was happening from the stage from the main stage, at least was inspirational stuff like Tim Tebow or the dog whisperer or Deepak Chopra, like not the kind of stuff you would traditionally see at a crypto conference, right? Or at a web three conference, although that stuff was there on the ancillary stages that were all over the place. I kind of looked at it and I said, okay, I think I see where this is going. I think that and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that you guys are building a brand that stands for something that transcends what these characters are about. Am I right? Am I, am I onto something here? Is this kind of where this is going? This is going to be something that obviously starts with these hand-drawn characters, eventually develops into these beautifully illustrated characters by professional artists, but then also kind of seems to evolve into all sorts of spawned projects that could potentially come down the road. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think Aside from the IP development we're going to do, there's so much change and innovation happening in the world. You know, like whether it's AI, specifically AI, I think is going to be really impactful. But to be, to host a community to come together once a year to talk about these different cultural happenings, I think we can continue to build and expand the V Friends audience to uplift others, and and I think VCon. What I'll say about VCon too, you know, last year we were just trying to figure out what VCon is. It's his first conference. You know, you ask Gary, he's like, it's pop culture, it's Coachella, it's South by Southwest, it's business, it's entrepreneurship. It's every adjective that you could think of when you think about the topics that Gary talks about. I'm like, okay, well, how do you put that inside of an NFL stadium with all these speakers? You know, last year we were just trying to figure out what it is. This year, I think we... We knew what it is. We were trying to understand what it could be. And I feel like we, we really achieved that this year. We, we understand what it can be, how big it can become, how meaningful it can become, how big of a conference and opportunity it could grow to become. And next year, I think we want to execute on what VCon actually is as an event uh, that hopefully will stay for a long time. Very cool. Okay, so you launched VFriend Series 2. And then Burn Island, maybe just give us a quick skinny on like what the plan was and why you decided to like come up with a second collection and then what Burn Island was all about. Yeah, Series 2 allowed us the opportunity to really be able to storytell with the characters. You know, now having professionally designed the characters in a way that would allow them to be animated or other ways applied to different forms of medium was really important. So we wanted to evolve the characters out of their doodle stage that Gary drew into a form and factor that would be able to be more applicable to different mediums for storytelling. And then with Burn Island, you know, Gary also created book games, NFTs, which was a free NFT given to individuals who bought his book 12 and a half. Those NFTs are burnable assets, meaning that you can burn or destroy the NFT in exchange for other things, other items, physical rewards, virtual rewards, experiences, so we've come up with a platform that allows individuals to burn book games NFTs or any NFT. You can burn a Series 2 NFT. You can burn another collection NFT that we might partner with to gain a different reward or prize. You know, we've done one-to-one -one exchanges where you burned a book games to get a friends collectible trading card. And we've also done competitions and raffles of sorts where you 
burn the NFT for a chance to win a larger prize. I think Eruption 5, people burned the NFT and then they had to record a video debating their BeFriends character, Cynical Cat, as to why humans aren't just negative and pessimistic. And the best video won a CryptoPunk, which is like $200,000 NFT. So with the burn mechanism on Burn Island, when you go in there with an NFT to burn, generally speaking, you have no idea what you're going to get. It's like a roulette kind of thing, or is it an exchange and you know exactly what you're going to get? You always know what the price is. Got it. Every We call them eruptions. It's a volcano. It's a burn island. Right. Every eruption has a different prize. However, not every eruption has the same mechanic. Sometimes it's almost like a sweepstakes where you have to burn and then do something else and you might win. Other times, as I mentioned, with like the competing play cards, it's burn and then you get the prize. It's a one-to-one exchange. Got it. Talk to us about what you guys did with Macy's and Toys R Us or Macy's slash Toys R Us. Yeah. So Macy's, for those who don't know, brought back to life Toys R Us. It's now a store within a store. Toys R Us is located in all the 443 Macy's stores located in the U.S. We had six Friends characters created as plushies and all those plushies have little qr codes which led to 3d animated content it was a really cool opportunity to bring to life the befriends characters and collaborate with toys r us which i think is one of the most iconic toy stores in american history to be able to again just further extend the ip and storytell with the characters that we have now was that a seasonal kind of thing just for the holidays or is that year round or how did that work exactly it was a one-time drop, you know, we might be fortunate enough to uh, partner again with, with Toys R Us and do something else as a different seasonal campaign later this year. But since we created Friends, Gary has been on a mission to show the world and the Friends audience that what he created are not just images, that these characters will take different form factor. And it's why we collaborated with Mattel to create Friends Uno cards or Anwar Carrots, who's a notable LA streetwear designer. We did a hoodie with him where he, he took a friends character. We're just trying to build and expand the IP across different verticals and industries. A lot of the people that own friends have owned friends for a very long time. And I'm curious how you keep your community activated and how, if at all, content kind of plays into the equation, right? Because one of the big challenges with a lot of people that have NFT projects that have been around for a little while is that their interest kind of wanes a little bit, right? And just curious what you guys do to kind of keep that community activated. Yeah, it's a really good question. Shout out to Friends Discord. I'm sure it is rocking right now. People are hanging out there and chatting. You know, Burn Island is a great thing that we released to keep the community engaged. You know, there's different eruptions happening. But generally speaking, it's content and just always having a pulse on the community and trying to react and listen to what you're hearing on the ground. You know, I think a lot of the best ideas that we've created either from like a content standpoint or a campaign or a marketing initiative came from our community management team who are just listening and responding to comments and getting signals across Discord or on social media. But end all be all, it comes down to communication, you know, and, and really trying to strategize on what you're trying to communicate and what else you can do to drive different campaigns and initiatives while never losing sight of what the intent and vision of BeFriends is, which is to build an IP company with these characters that's going to promote positivity and kindness. So I see a lot of videos posted in the Discord that are like animations, uh, maybe 60 seconds long, 
they kind of look like little cartoons. And I'm just curious, like, what's the strategy there? Is that just for the people that are in the discord or is that intentionally something that gets posted out on the Twitter and other platforms to just kind of like, I don't know. I'm just curious what the thinking is behind that. Yeah. It's, it's early stage storytelling with the characters that's distributed on our social channels. You know, we, we want to bring the characters to life. We have to storytell with them and we're trying to test and learn. Honestly, you know, I think, we have to identify what characters are really resonating, what voices really resonate, what type of stories are going to resonate. We're, we're in an interesting place as a company where our current audience is all of our NFT holders, right? And we need to be able to expand beyond that to grow a wider audience. And so we're just strategizing. We're going to launch a YouTube Kids channel later this summer. Cool. And that's going to be our first foray into really, really making content for a brand new audience and that brand new audience to react to Empathy Elephant or Kind Kudu or Gratitude Gorilla and then see what they think about it. You said earlier that uh, this is Gary's life mission now to kind of work on this for the next 55 years, hypothetically. I know that you can't probably say exactly where it's going, but you kind of hinted a little bit with these animations that are going to be coming out on YouTube. Like where could this go? if we were just to imagine what this is possible. And the other side of it is, could you have done this without launching an NFT project? You know, because there's people that know Gary and say, couldn't have Gary just done all this, you know, by just releasing content? What do you want to say to that? I mean, where could it go? You know, it could be the next gen Disney. That's the probably the most audacious thing I could say. But if you think about characters that storytell, that people really have emotional resonance with, that also develops into events and theme parks and other ways you can storytell with characters. You know, whether we can end up as Disney or someone no one's ever heard of, we're going to find out over the course of the next 50 years. And as to could Gary have done it without NFTs? Of course. You know, I just think there was such attention on the space and NFTs itself created such a unique opportunity where we're not just creating IP. We're creating utility and access to events. And it also allows us to storytell with our NFTs itself. You know, we can come up with something where like your character might change. There's a lot of innovation happening right now in Web3 and NFTs where there's a token called ERC. Is that the one with the commissions being enforced or is that the one where you don't, you can have an email address to just simply set up your, your wallet? It's one where essentially the NFT itself is a wallet. So you can imagine that you own this one NFT, but based on the other NFTs that that NFT owns, it's going to display differently. Ah. So it's a really good use case for like avatars. Okay. If you wanted to create an NFT that's an avatar, as you started to collect other NFTs, that avatar is going to change what it looks like. So if you think about that for vFriends, like if you have Patient Panda, now all of a sudden you Patient Panda got a different NFT, Patient Panda might have a backpack on now that has that like that NFT that got upgraded and metadata to. Very cool. From a financial perspective, obviously you guys made a really good amount of revenue on the initial launch. And as long as royalties were being collected up until about a year ago, you made some pretty good royalties because there was a lot of traders that were trading the NFT. Now, how do you guys continue to finance the project is it sponsorships at the conference? My guess is that barely covers even the cost because I know your production bills are probably crazy, you know? So like any advice to others, like whether or not 
the NFT project alone is enough to fund this kind of initiative because my gut tells me it's probably not, right? The answer is no. Yeah. You know, and, and forecast of that going in to creating friends, And that's why, you know, my advice to people, businesses, creators looking at Web3 and NFTs, don't do it for the sake of doing it or because it's relevant. Do it because you actually think it's going to fulfill a business opportunity for you or a business want or need or utility or value outside of like primary cash. You know, you got to think of being in for the long term. And if you're going to be in for the long term, reverse engineer what you're actually going to be doing with it. Well, and you know, I will tell you that I think that if Gary didn't launch this as an NFT, it would be a completely different discussion we'd be having right now because because of the fact that he did launch an NFT and he's got this ridiculously loyal following that looks at this as if they have a investment in this project, they become evangelists in a way that simply a customer does not. You know what I mean? And you've got ridiculously loyal evangelists out there that have brought others into quote unquote the fold, right? Of the VFriend experience or said, you've got to come. I'll get your ticket. You got to come to VCon. You know what I mean? And they buy them for them on the secondary market. And because they got this great value, you know what I mean? Like anybody who's original holder that paid a half of an Ethereum and they get to be part of this community and they get to go to three events, which for sure are worth more than that initial investment, depending on when they bought them. That is like something that you cannot pay for. You know what I mean? Like that, that's part of the fanaticism that I think comes from being part of an exclusive community that there will never be more than this many of them. You know what I mean? And I'm sure down the road, Gary has said this, he will always look back at his series one holders as a special part of his community. And I would imagine he will do everything in his power to make sure that there's special perks for those holders as long as they are part of the community. So I kind of do feel like you guys were in the right place at the right time. You launched something really powerful and you're reaping a lot of the rewards of it. I don't know. I, I might be <laughs> overly optimistic here, but what do you think? I think it, it was very well said. You know, there's there's nothing like Web3, you know, it's community management and community development on steroids. Right. You know, different projects actually have, you know, their holders actually have licensing rights. So they're incentivized monetarily as well. But it's, it's yeah, brand ambassador advocates, our community and any Web3 NFTs project community is going to be their biggest ally and supporter or not, depending on how effectively you can manage and communicate what your goals and missions are. 100%. Yeah. And sometimes things can go south, right? Like I'm part of the proof collective and, you know, a Moonbirds community. I'm still a loyalist, but there's a lot of people that don't like what's happened and they decided to sell. And But the upside is because I own an NFT or anybody owns an NFT, if they decide that it's not for them, they can go sell it to someone else. And there's always going to be potentially a buyer out there for these big collections, which I think is kind of exciting. You can't do that when you buy like a mastermind group for three years or something. You can't decide to go ahead and sell it to somebody else. Andy, I know we're getting near the end here and I just want you to put on your vision cap and I want you to like, just look into the future a little bit and this is the Web3 Business Podcast, right? So where do you see Web3 going from your perch? Like, where do you think things are going to be in a couple of years? What do you think this will make possible? Man, such a good question. I think we are going to definitely have more adoption. And by adoption, I think there's going to be a lot more user-friendly apps out there, which will allow people to buy and own NFTs, which I think is going to create the opportunity and space for companies such as Disney to enter Web3 to do their own digital goods. 
I think there's going to be a lot more digital ownership taking part. You know, I don't think it's going to be NFTs. I think the amount of innovation and change that's going to happen over the next three years as it relates to digital ownership is going to be profound. And it's always a, a good time to, to dip your toes and, and try to learn more. There's there's just so much always happening. Um, I have to have a weekly meeting just about news updates, everything that's happened in this space over the last seven days. Andy Cranach, if people want to connect with you on the socials, do you have a preferred place to go? And then if they want to check out vFriends, where do they go to learn more about that? I am at Cranach, K-R-A-I-N-A-K on all my socials. People can hit me up anytime there. And please check out vFriends, the vFriends Discord, or vFriends on all social if you want to follow our content and, and follow along with the journey that we're building. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all your insights with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash W77. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. And would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter and at Web3 Examiner on Warpcast. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Web3 Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The Web3 Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Web3 Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.